<laughs> William Graves with us now to give us his weekly thoughts in the sports kitchen. What's going on, man? Oh, so there is a common thought. There, there, it's it's more it's more like an unwritten rule in sports, sports period, professional, collegiate. It, it literally, it, it it does not matter. And that unwritten rule is is that referees or officials do are not supposed to dictate a game. And this past week, I sat there. And I watched two games get affected by referees. And it wasn't because one team wasn't trying as hard as the other. It it it, it wasn't that. I literally saw these referees in uh, last Sunday, professional football, insert themselves and change the outcome of two games. Two games I'm talking about. First and foremost, the Miami Dolphin game. Let's talk about that. That was, that, that was to me, a very biased showing by the referees to cause the Miami Dolphins to lose, and and I I don't get that. I I don't I don't get how you can frequently be that opposed to a team. And so, my question is for you listeners: Do referees have the right? to officiate a game against a team that they don't want. That that's 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 right that's my big that's that's kind that's kind of what where I'm going with this. Because it almost seemed to be like that head official for the Dolphin game was uh, just despised the Dolphins. Don't know his background or anything like that. But if you go back and you look at the call, very biased, very, very biased. And, you know, um, we don't need officiating like that. Okay, uh, first and foremost, if you can't be fair, you don't need to be a ref. You don't need to be an official. Okay, if you are caught frequently Abusing your power, because that's what this is. Don't care what anybody else says. That's what this is. It's an abuse of power. You should be re- you should be removed and suspended immediately. So, the second game 
and this has already been called out, and a, and a lot of people are having a problem with this owner coming out and pretty much telling telling his fans of his team what the NFL said. The NFL admitted that they made the wrong uh, that that the officials made the wrong calls at the end. Okay, and now this owner, they're talking about penalizing them. Why are you going to penalize them? What are you trying to hide? The the owner I'm referring to is Jim Mercy of the, of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I didn't watch all that game. I still need to go back and look at the plays in question. But my, but my whole thing is, is that if he's telling the truth, then why is he going to be penalized? I mean, unless they're with a gag order or not, or an NDA, something like that. Okay, you know what? But that brings up my next question: Why do you have a gag order on something on something this prevalent? Okay, these are. The NFL may feel like that the fans should not know. I disagree with that. Without the fans, you don't have a league. You don't have a sport. Okay, so for anybody saying, well, the fans don't need to know, no. No, that that's bullshit. Like, very simple. Okay? I, I, I'm very appalled by the officiating. That I saw last weekend, and really, frankly, and honestly, both of those head officials, especially the one in the Dolphin game, needs to be suspended, if not fired. That that is an abuse of power, and it has no none, zero, zip, zilch, niente, room in any sport to abuse your power like that. These fans pay. To see a fair and straight up game, and you took that away from them. You tainted that game. If anybody else, if a player was caught throwing a game, he'd be suspended, no questions asked. If a coach was caught tainting a game, be suspended, no questions asked. But a referee, he, he gets a little article in the newspaper and he gets to go about his job? Nah. No. The referee, the head referee, actually that entire that entire crew needs to be suspended. They need to be suspended pending further investigation. Us as fans, we spend our hard-earned money to go watch a game that we love. We expect to see a fair game. We expect to see a good game. Doesn't always happen. But at least it was fair. So, with the Dolphins losing, With them losing like that, how 
NFL do you justify this to the fans? How do you do how do you justify the the outright changing of this game? Because to me There, there, there is absolutely no room, none, for a game like that. Eagles beat the Dolphins thirty-one to seventeen. Ben, half half of those points were scored off of frequent calls by the officiating group. So, Eagle fans, got a question for you. Are you okay with this win? Because if you are, there's something wrong. Because there is a possibility that you guys are not as good as what you think. 49ers just found that out Monday night. But you know what? At least they found out fair. At least they know where their barometer is. So, to the NFL, you all need to do something about this officiating crew. There, there, there needs to be a bigger oversight. For these calls. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe... There needs to be two or three people that are that are already watching the game that maybe you give them a little more power that if they see something wrong to overturn it. Now I'm not saying that a ref has to has got to be perfect because that's never gonna happen. But when you, like I said, when you frequently do that, that 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 makes me sick. You have just ruined one of the games that I love because of your bias. So that's all I got for the uh, sports kitchen. Um, feel free. Uh, I'm not in front of a computer, so I'm not in the chat. Uh, you know what, you guys, drop your thoughts. I'm I'm curious. I, I want to know where you guys stand with all this, because um, yeah, I I see I see a lot wrong with this. Now um, I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna kind of throw this question over to Derek. What what are your thoughts, man? Well, I think. I'm I'm on I'm on the same similar lines as you on because these last few uh weeks of the season I've seen some stuff. Um some some officiated some calls that that weren't made that should have been made and then other calls that was made that shouldn't have been made. And mm-hmm. one game I'm gonna spin back to because it's it's 
partly on what you were talking about with the officiating is uh, I think it was a few weeks ago is the Giants Bills game. Yes. And you had two consecutive plays where the defensive back was was holding. One of them was called that was in the end zone on uh, Waller. And by before I say what I say, I just want y'all to understand. Uh, six foot seven, six six, six foot seven, can jump out, can jump out of the gym and run like a like a horse. That's that's Waller, freakish athlete for his size. Now, the first play was called holding that put the ball on the one yard line. So the very next play, the Giants call another play for guess who Waller. This time, uh, that non-call holding penalty was probably 10 times worse than the one that they called the play before. And this was a situation where it's one-on-one. He's, he's out in the back of the end zone. It's just him in the cornerback. So ain't a whole lot of action going on around him. There's no way that if you're paying attention to the game, you don't see this man grabbing his jersey to keep him from jumping up in the air. Now, that ball, if it's, be right back. it's two things. It's either a holding penalty, because a holding penalty is before the throw, or it's a pass interference after the throw. Now, I was a basketball player. Uh, I was pretty athletic. As a basketball player, I played football. I played tight end. Uh, played a lot of flag football. Um, there wasn't a ball that was thrown within about 10 to 11 feet in the air that I, I couldn't catch. And I'm only I'm only six four. I'm not six foot seven. But if a ball was thrown within 11 feet. I'm gonna say even at my highest, my highest point, uh, my senior year, I could probably touch a rim at about eleven and a half feet. Maybe, maybe close to, yeah, eleven and a half feet, guaranteed. So, as a guy who's a professional athlete in the NFL, playing tight end with all the ability in the world and could jump high enough to get to any ball within, like I said, 10 to 11 feet off the ground. That play should have been called a pass interference. I know the announcers were saying, oh, that's uncatchable. There's no way that ball is uncatchable. If he was being held down and he couldn't jump, and that ball was still within about a foot and a half, two feet of his outstretched hands, he could have caught that ball if he wasn't being held. So the call should have been made. And the Giants should have had, I mean, yeah, the Giants should have had another opportunity uh, from the one-yard line because that was a blatant pass interference. So there's too many, too many calls that's being 
that's changing the landscape of the game, whether it's, whether it's defensive holding, where, uh, you know, if you – some of them, okay, I get. But the other ones that they call where the defensive back barely reroutes the guy and he just puts a hand on him, that's not holding. And these are automatic first downs, right? These are automatic first downs. So it it changes the whole landscape of a game, and you in the third and and ten, and you'd have made the stop. You you made the stop, right? You made the stop, and next thing you know, you see this flag on the ground, and mm-hmm. it's a penalty. And then when you look at the replay, you're like, well, where was the where was the hold? Oh, yeah, well, and exactly. Another play. See, now, now William got me started. Another game. Um, this was last no, week. No, no, I, no uh, Debo, I got you started on purpose because here's the thing, Debo. Okay, now you you played football. Yeah. Okay, you play you played at a collegiate level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, okay I played at a high school level. Okay, but here here's the here's the thing. We can look we can look at a game differently than what some people can. I now I'm not saying all fans can't look at it this way because I I've actually met a lot that can and I'm sure that they'll agree with me. But this is the reason I got you started is because I wanted to see if my thoughts were right on the things that you're going to bring up. So, yes, I got you started on purpose. Okay, so. Yeah, so so I'm going to go ahead then. Uh, Let me, let me. So this game here, uh, which game was it? Back of the end zone. Uh... You know what? To 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 get an idea what game I, I got to go back and look at uh, the scores from last week because I know I know what game I kind of know what game. What I want to make sure I got the game uh, correct from last week. No, no, you're good. So last week, I think it was. Hmm. Oh shoot! I'm looking at the wrong. I'm looking at the wrong week. I'm about to say. I'm about to mention some games from this week. Okay, so because it was a close game, Colts and the Browns. Okay. 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 I know exactly where you're going with this. Uh, Peoples Jones was the receiver that was the ball was being thrown to. The Col- uh-huh. the Colts defensive back had perfect positioning. The ball was thrown literally out of the end zone. It was one hundred percent uncatchable. Yes. People Jones knew he couldn't catch this ball. So what did he do? He grabbed the Colts cornerback jersey and started tugging on him. 
making it look like he was being held. And the referee is called pass interference on the Colts. And that gave them the ball uh, on the goal line with the ability to score and uh, win the game. Yeah. Now, if you're going to replay, if you're going to replay touchdowns, then you need to replay any files from a holding or a pass interference standpoint that are in, that are in the end zone. Yes. And yeah. uh, And because these are changing the games also. And these are giving teams extra downs um uh, first downs in situations where the the foul should have been offensive pass interference because he was holding the the Colts cornerback a handful of jersey I saw it in live I saw it in live play the Colts defensive back was complaining to the officials after the play saying he was holding me they call him for pass interference. That's bull crap. If you're gonna yep. re- if you're gonna review, um, if you're gonna review touchdowns, then you got to you you have to review these end zone pass interference penalties, and they have to be egregious. They have to be egregious and justified in order for for these to stand. In in these situations where games are coming down to uh, literally possessions, one play. I mean, you review everything else. So why not get the call right, and then figure out why why your officials continue in, in uh, messing these calls up? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I never want to bring this up because as a as a as a sports fan that played all my life, watched sports all my life, you know, you want you don't want to you don't want to go down this avenue, but I'm just gonna go down the avenue because it this is the problem that that it causes when. You legalize sports betting. Yes, 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 yes. So now you seeing these shady calls being made week after week, high uh, college professional, and some of them, some of them cover the point spreads. Some of them. Gives gives the the leg up to the 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 favorite. Mm-hmm. Some of the no calls gives the advantage to the favorites. Yeah, I mean a few few weeks ago, uh, there was a game Kansas City and somebody, and I think Kansas City went the whole game and they didn't even have a penalty. Yep, and then when you go back and you watch the replay. Or you watch the video replay and you see how many how many missed holes that they had that kept 
uh, Patrick Mahomes from being sacked with no calls. Got hands wrapped around his neck as he's trying to rush, rush through the line to get to Mahomes. No call. See, I'm not a better, so it don't matter to me. But even if I was, uh, officiating got to be better. If you are, like like William was saying, if you're gonna hold these players accountable for betting, and it ain't even got to be on their te- own teams, it could be on in other sports. Uh, mm-hmm. these referees got to be held accountable. You know, on yeah. on the four letter network, you know they they have a whole segment about sports betting, over unders, favorites, all of that. Now, when you watch a game, you know, right next to the score, they got the line. Uh-huh. Well, I'm trying to watch the game. I don't give a crap what the line is. So, if they're showing it on TV, guess what? You know they're showing it in the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and, th- and this is the other thing. You know these the these referees. Now I'm not saying that they're doing this, but what is what is to stop a referee from getting one of their buddies to go down to the local casino, go to the sports betting thing, put uh, put put a couple of thousand dollars down. On a, on a game that the, that this ref is uh, that this ref is officiating. Now, the odds of you being able to uh, uh, to prove that slim to none. But you can't tell me it's not going on. Here, Johnny, go go down go down to the Hard Rock. I'm I'm officiating the Tampa game tomorrow. Uh, go go ahead and put uh, put a thousand dollars down for the Falcons to win. Or a um, I'm officiating the Vikings and 49ers game. Even though that uh, in that this is just an example because that game was actually called halfway decently. Um, I'm officiating the Vikings and 49ers game. Here, go put two or three grand down on the Vikings. I'll make sure they win. You can't tell me it's not happening. But you did hit the nail on the head. All of these shady calls, or most of them, did not start until after Legalized sports betting was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it didn't help, man. Um, it didn't help, uh, and you know, I thought about that when they legalized it. Listen, I don't have a problem with it. I just want to keep the integrity of the game intact. Exactly. That's it. Like, you know. 
when when the referees, you know, more often now, it's more often now where you see officials changing the game. You know, yes. in, in the in the league itself changing the rules already to help the game from a a entertainment standpoint as far as offense. So yep. I'm as as a defensive player, I'm already not happy with all these rules that where the defense is at a severe disadvantage. Here go another one. I understand the kid has had his own problems in the past with this issue, but not this game. The safety for the Denver Broncos. Yes. Um, if a guy catches a ball, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't use helmet to helmet. He hit him with the shoulder. So after they realize, exactly. after they realize that he didn't use his helmet, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't target him with his shoulder. Uh, then they changed the call and said personal foul. Hitting a defenseless receiver. Threw him out of the game. Uh-huh. Threw him out of the game. Yeah. Now, this, this is the first foul of the game. Normally, you get thrown out after the second personal foul. This is the first foul yeah. of the game. They threw him out. Now, when you, mm-hmm. when you go back and look at that replay, this is why for so many years, and I'm, I'm going to stay on this, until something changes because I really do feel like, yeah, there there are some great quarterbacks in this league and there are some great wide receivers in this league. But everybody ain't as good as they all caked up to be. A lot of these numbers are inflated. It's too easy to play football as an offensive player. It's too easy for a receiver to catch a ball now. You can't touch them. They got all kind of rules to keep the defense from engaging on a wide receiver. So Mm -hmm. it's nothing like what me and William grew up, the game we played, the game we watched growing up, where uh, you didn't want to go across the middle. No. And only the hard, only the hard, tough guy, the true tough guys went across the middle. Yep. Because you already knew what was going to happen. So in today's yep. game, you got guys that don't want to go across the middle, but they putting up, you know, they putting up all these numbers. The quarterbacks putting up all these numbers, and everybody quit to label them Hall of Fame and quit to say, "Oh, this player is is, is the greatest ever," and all this and that. He should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, this league is powder puff, is watered down, and that's the way the NFL wants it. So in my eyes, I don't care what the NFL rules are today. I don't care what kind of numbers. My criteria for a great player gonna always stand with what I grew up watching. Yep. Well, you know, so this this actually brings up uh, something that that I that I hear I, I hear all the time. And you're going to be able to comment on this because I have a feeling that we we kind of feel the same way. 
or uh, or we are we will feel the same way. So everybody talks about the Buccaneers defense, and every defense that comes through is always compared to that that late 90s, early 2000s Buccaneer defense. Yeah. Warren Sapp, Garrett Brooks, Rondé Barber, John Lynch. Yeah. And what I tried to tell people is that it, that was a different era. If that, Buc- if that Buccaneer defense was here now, they would probably be one of the most penalized defenses in the NFL. Probably, especially John Lynch. Especially John Lynch. I still think they would be good because they had the speed and the 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 ability from to just shut shut you down. They, we don't we not worried about a team running on us no more. They don't run the ball no more, so that works in our favor. Because that was the only way you was gonna beat that night late nineties. Early two thousand bucks defense was to just line up yes. and run the ball right at our small defense, but they don't play that uh-huh. way anymore. So they play speed football on 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 the defensive side of the ball. Uh-huh. So it works in our favor. We still with that group, we'll still be a top top level defense, but yep. you know the. John Lynch will probably, you know, he'll probably get suspended every week. More than likely. But, you know, my 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 point my point that I was where I was going with with this all this with uh, the kid from Denver. <clears throat> I won't. I, I don't even want to read the rule because it's bull crap. But uh, defenseless receiver. My interpretation of a defenseless receiver is a guy that doesn't have a ball in his hand. That's um, my that's my because here here's the thing. As a defense, is your job is your job is to wait for him to catch a ball and then tackle him or stop him from catching the ball. So so I I I I really honestly feel like the defensive back's job is to stop them from catching the ball. Yeah. Now, but now here here is the thing. Now don't when I think of, when I think of defensive receiver, I think of somebody, I think of a receiver that is going up to catch the ball off the ground and off the ground. Yeah. And you and you go and you hit them from behind. To me, no, no, no. That that that's that's not that's not even right. Now, if you hit them broad, I mean broad, and all that, okay. He sees you coming. Yeah. From behind, from behind, he don't see you coming. Okay. Now. What he chooses to, chooses to do with that information when he sees you coming, that's on him. Yep. But 
when I think of a defenseless receiver, I think of a receiver that does not know that there is a threat and cannot protect himself. That's yes. what I think. Yes. And and you know what? That can be before, that can be after. Because after he catches the ball, even after he catches the ball, if you still hit him while he's in midair, I'm sorry, it, it, especially from behind. No, yeah, no, that uh, he's still a defenseless receiver. To me, he is a defenseless receiver until he until he is back on the ground. As soon as he's back on the ground, and he and he and he turns to make a football move, game on. But even then, again, that is that is my interpretation of a defenseless receiver. Is when they don't know that when they don't know that the hit is coming. Yeah, and and I agree. There's some situations where yeah, he is a defenseless receiver, but you don't you don't take a guy that's just got the, his you know. I mean, he saw the he saw the guy coming at him. He he yeah. he tensed up. He dropped his shoulder pass to absorb the hit, and he still got his clock clean. So at that point, it's a fair play. But I believe what I believe is they thought he went helmet to helmet. And this when they went to the review, they did they saw it wasn't helmet to helmet. Or they would have just called helmet to helmet. So at that point, they was gonna get him on something. They weren't picking the flag up. Because he he just got hit too hard. That's another thing. Oh, he got he got hit too hard. We gotta call something. We or or as a defensive lineman, I was always told never let an offensive lineman get his hands inside the inside your shoulder pads. That's the proper uh-huh. every player is a hold. Every player is a hold. Let's just put that out there. Every single player is a hold. But there's a way to block. So if their hands are inside the shoulder pads, not on the not on the outside of the shoulder pad, not on the, you know, on the top of the shoulder pads, grabbing the inside of the shoulder pads from the top, but inside both hands inside, they're allowed to move you wherever they want, because that is the the proper way to block a a player in front of you. So why all of a sudden I don't know when this started. Why all of a sudden a pancake block now is a hole? Like we used to get our offensive linemen used to get skulls on their helmets every week they had a pancake block. It was legal back then. But now, just start paying attention, folks. Start paying attention. Watch these pancake blocks and see how many times that player get called for a hole. Because the referees you know, he might not seen the play. He might just see the guy on the ground uh, getting up off the ground. And then they just call hold. Oh, well, I thought I saw. I thought I saw. So, uh, you know, as William said, this officiating is affecting a lot of games. And it, it doesn't even matter to me if my team is involved. Uh, I just like, I just want to see a fair officiated game. I don't want to see... A, a a good game get decided by the 
by the stripes. That Colts, that Colts and Cleveland Brown game was a great game if you watched it all the way through. And it was decided by the stripes. The Bills Giants game was a great game to watch. Nobody expected the Giants to be even in that game at the end. But it was decided by the stripes because a penalty was was made and it wasn't called. The two plays William was talking about, same thing. This ain't baseball. The referees, we're not even supposed to know their names like that. But as, as a baseball fan, William, I guarantee if I say, name, name me a referee, we probably got the same guy in mind because everybody know who he is because he straight up sucks. And it's the same thing with the strike zone in baseball. Everybody got this weird strike zone that's not even within the actual strike zone. So officiating has a lot to clean up. And the only game where I feel like the officiating really ain't ain't affected nobody as bad is, is, is hockey. We know it sucks in the NBA. We watch the NBA all the time. We see these dudes carrying, they traveling, they they running two miles with the ball before they put it on the ground. I mean, we we know. But no, nah, man, I, I agree with you on, on your point, but when you made that point, I just had to uh I just had to go on the little rant because it was actually those were some plays when I when I was watching the game, and uh, I just didn't. I was kind of upset, and I ain't my team wasn't even playing. I just, you know, don't like to see a game decided by the stripes. Let the players do it. Call call the obvious and let the the questionable stuff go. That's where it's always been. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to conclude this week's uh, soup. Um, I'm going to say it again. Sports Kitchen segment with my man William Graves, and we're going to move on to some uh, to some other 